Hello, everybody! Happy Final Four breakdown! Holy crap, we made it, Taylor. We made it to the Final Four. And not only did we make it to the Final Four, your beloved North Carolina Tar Heels made it to the Final Four. All that shit you guys talked about beating Duke in Coach K's last game, and now you have to go double or nothing. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. I'm happy. Excited. Nervous. Anxious. Everything you want to say for the matchup um, Saturday, um, I'm pretty hyped for it. But yeah, it's a lot of... Uh, when when we beat Karen, Car we can Carolina beat Duke at Duke, um, Coach K's last game, you know, ruined the uh, farewell tour, or whatever you want to call it. Um, didn't think we'd play them again. So, but I mean, if there's a chance to double down either side, it's an ultimate bragging rights. Never met in the NCAA tournament. Um, just very excited for this to happen, and I think a lot of the pressure is on the side. The pressure, the other team can play without pressure. So, yeah. I don't know if like people tuning into our show know what it's like to have your teams make a Final Four. Now, I say A instead of the because both our teams made a Final Four this year, baby! Yeah, NIT. That's Tuesday, right? <laughs> it's Tuesday. Yeah. The, the bodies. Oh, yeah. yeah. What I did, uh, Xavier. Good. I did... Um, let me check the show real quick. I did a pod today about it. Shout out to 3Bid League, the A10 podcast. I did their show today to preview... Uh, Xavier and St. Bonaventure, but you guys don't care because it's the NIT. We're going to talk the NCAA tournament and we're going to go through the Sweet 16 Elite games from each region. Um, what a crazy weekend of games. Um, you know, I think before we get into it, I know you obviously want to talk about North Carolina. So, do you want to get into North Carolina first? Or you want to save that for last? Save it for last. Okay. Let's start. Yeah. Um, let's start. In, let's go in order, right? So, let's go Thursday. Okay. Um, well, Arkansas, okay. Gonzaga. <laughs> that got me off to a good start. Uh, yeah, I I mean, Arkansas or Gonzaga, you know, they they beat Georgia, they struggled with Georgia State, right? They ended up winning by 20, 25 points. Then they played Memphis in the second round. Memphis got up 10 points. Um, you know, so I needed a strong second-half effort from Drew Timmy. And, you know, that's more on Memphis. Than, uh, they're, they're better in seed than most. But the athleticism and talent that Memphis had, you know, it startled Gonzaga, and they kind of weren't ready for it. So then you go Sweet 16, right? Like, all right, like first half, like it's a slow drag it out game. And I think that favored more Arkansas more than Gonzaga. And um, just Arkansas made the shots on the stretch that they had to make. I mean, they were up six, seven, eight points. Chet Holmgren got some absolute bogus charges and fouls called on him. Um, just kind of really hate to see him getting fouled out there with, you know, especially a, a player with his caliber, his talent. Um, seeing him fouled out, not being able to kind of you know, make his mark at the end of the game there kind of sucks to see it just as a basketball fan. But yeah. um, it was, it was really fun to watch, uh, you know, credit to Arkansas. Jalen Williams is a monster drawing charges. I hate charges. I would like to ban them, but if you're going to call him, I mean, he's going to do well at it. Um, I just, I mean, I don't, Arkansas, you know, they did, they, they held their own. And then the game of the sweet 16, I would, um, that later at the night in San Francisco in the Bay, uh, Texas Tech versus Duke. Unbelievable game. Texas Tech game. gave it all they could. Um, Duke, the last eight minutes of the, the, the Sweet 16 game, they did not did not miss a single field goal attempt. Just showed how dominant they could be offensively and defensively. Jeremy Roach is playing like the five-star point guard that he was. Um, just an unbelievable effort from Duke, and, you know, they solidified themselves in that Sweet 16 game. And, and then we can kind of go right to the – anything you want to you touch on Duke? Duke um, – Text tech, okay. So we'll go. Yeah, you know, anything that it's everyone knows at this point. 
right. I I literally so Duke Duke um Duke Arkansas right. I did the dumb, dumb idea of convincing myself Arkansas had a chance, and two minutes into that game, I was like, nope. I said, we are dead, like, just hoping. Um, you know, so it, it, Dukes flexes their muscles. Roach was great. Palo was great. Um, AJ Griffin. Palo was Williams. awesome. They're just, I mean, they're a phenomenal team. And uh, Palo's had an incredible uh, tournament. Yeah, I mean, top talent, top NBA players. He's making a case for the top overall pick. He definitely played better than Navari, Chet, and Ivy. He's the only one still playing, so really hard to discount that right now but duke just flexed their muscles um you know solidified themselves in the final four just a incredible tournament so far for them a lot of people were doubting them as a two seed you know they said they kind of limped in matt norlander wrote a good article saying that duke north carolina game coach k's last game was good for both teams right it made north carolina believe and gave them that like the proof that they can hang with the Mm -hmm. best teams in the country and they can play to that level every night and it made duke maybe like refocus and like take a step back and like a do a full 180 right like you know go from playing as bad as they were to being the best team in the country which i believe they are at this moment so definitely the best team available that's still left um so yeah i agree you know what Powell has been able to do for four games these last two weeks has been really impressive i've got him on my board probably second behind yep. jabari still um i fully blame jabari's guards for him not playing in the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Miami also went to the Elite Eight, and they played Kansas today, and we'll get right. to that here in a minute. Um, but, you know, obviously a really, really cool experience. Um, Duke, obviously, you know, certainly flexed their muscle, like you said, to get to the Final Four. So kudos to them. Uh, obviously sets up the game we're going to talk about a little later. So also that night we had the South Region, which we saw Villanova play Michigan. And Villanova looked really good. I think Michigan made some runs throughout the game. Um, you know, really played it close to the first half. The second half, Nova kind of just took over. Uh, Jermaine Samuels with 22 points in that game obviously went a long way. There was a lot of worry about Colin Gillespie's knee after that game, but he ended up playing on the lead eight on Saturday. But, you know, Villanova's just Villanova, man. And I know everyone was like, the thing around people were like, are they a blue blood now? Like, they're absolutely a blue blood. They've won two of the last six national championships, and they're in the final four this year. They're a blue blood program. Yeah, the culture they have and the um, guys that Jay Wright recruits and how they get into buy-in and develop, um, there's a reason he doesn't get the top five kids in the class every year, right? He gets fringe five-stars, four-star kids that come in, know their role, and will um, accept that and buy into that and, you know, build into that culture that they have. Like, look at Jeremiah Robinson or Colin Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels. Like, there are guys that, like, just, I mean, they thrive in these roles that they are given, and it wasn't given to them overnight, right? Like, Gillespie won a national championship as a freshman. Didn't play much, but... And now look at him. Now he's writing his own passage to get Villanova to the final four. They just, um, I've been super impressed with them. They'll play any style that you want. If you want to get out and run and gun, they can do that. If they want to slow the ball, uh, slow the game down, knock out drag out game like it was against Houston, um, they will do that as well. And just a tremendous credit to them. They're so good defensively and they're so good offensively. They make you value, they value each possession and they could pick you apart is really fun to watch. Um, you know, we can kind of just touch on the elite eight game here between, um, you know, between Houston and Villanova, Justin Moore popping his Achilles, um, you know, sucks. The last minute of the game is a brutal blow for them. If there's any team in the final four that can afford, I wouldn't even say afford an injury, but like can bounce back from an injury, it's Villanova, right? That's the next man up. It's the, you know, that culture and that belief that they have within each other. Like that's what they're meant to do. Um, I think that's a brutal loss. It's their best outside shooter and they're, they're starting yeah. to guard, but you know, I, I don't think they're going to not, not only they're going to come out laying eggs Saturday. I think it's more, um, 
you know, that I don't think that's really instilled in what their DNA is at Villanova basketball. So and we can kind of yeah. touch here, um, you know, Houston, Houston, Arizona. Um, I remember we were talking about it right when Arizona and TCU ended. We immediately started texting each other. I was like, man, if TCU gave Houston issue or gave Arizona issues, like Houston is going to devour them. And that's exactly what it was. It was that ass kicking on the defensive end by Houston. Yeah. Kelvin Sampson really just kind of outworked Tommy Lloyd and kind of Lloyd was really in over his head. But uh, just a, I mean, I, I know we, 316 feels like it was a month ago. Like I'd rather just focus on the Elite Eight game truly. But what a year for Kelvin Sampson. You lose Marcus Sasser um, and another scorer as well. And Final Four last year, Elite Eight this year, and nothing to hang your hat on. So, yeah, absolutely. So, we did get this question. Uh, we'll get to real quick yeah. uh, from Ethan Schrant. How impressive was the Kansas win, do you think? Um, I was pretty impressed, honestly. I thought, you know, first I want to give credit to Providence. I thought Providence played great on Friday and just didn't have the horses to match. You know, it one happens. Of, one of 20 from three is a, it's just a tough. Tough yeah, day. like twenty from three and you lose by five. So like that tells you you hit two threes and you know I know that's always like the kind of the thing that people say. But um, today, you know, a Miami Hurricane team that's really kind of I mean played really well. I mean they were up six to half, and then Kansas just locking them down, only holding the fifteen points in the second half was really impressive. Um, so I, you know, I I know we said we think Duke is probably the best team available. Um, if Villanova had Justin Moore, I'd feel very good about this game. But I think without him, Kansas is going to be able to beat them. Yeah. So to touch on his his uh, Ethan's comment today about how their win was today. Um, it, yeah. I mean, I was I was out running running some errands this morning. Um, got home right at the halftime of the Kansas uh, Miami game. I was following most of it on my phone, but I immediately live bet on Kansas second half, four and a half, and then live bet them immediately just because I was like, there's no way they're going to lose this game. Um, they were yeah. not going inside to David McCormick in the first half, but they're so deep. I mean, Joseph Yetsu, Remy Martin, uh, Christian Braun, like David McCormick, Jalen Wilson, like this team is built for these runs in March, and um, they're playing up to their level right now. I was th- thoroughly impressed with the second half. It's just an ass whipping. On the def- defensive end is really where they cause trouble. Um, Miami's so good at swinging the ball and cutting backdoor cuts and getting guys, getting shooters open for Isaiah Wong and Cameron McGusty. But they really played that no middle defense where when McGusty tried to drive, he had to kick out to Charlie Moore or kick out to Isaiah Wong. And Kansas just went relentless pressure there to just, just really stifle what Miami was trying to do. Um, The second half just kind of was an ass whipping. Um, Really no other way to put it. Miami just kind of looked around and was like, kind of threw their hands out. They're like, well, I think we're done here. Um, but I was thoroughly impressed with Kansas and exactly with what you said. I think they will beat Villanova. Um, I think you're setting up a, a Kansas and then one of Carolina Duke, obviously, in the finals, which would be a great, um, great matchup. I'm thoroughly impressed with Bill Self. You know, they got the ass whipping at, at home against Kentucky this year, but they won the Big 12 tournament, um, second in the Big 12 overall. Like, just sneaky good. How always, it's fourth final four at Kansas. Um they jumped Kentucky at the all-time winningest program in NCAA history um, with a couple wins this year. So just really impressed with what Kansas did this year. Um, you know, this uh, one seed in the South or the, was it the Midwest, but they, they're the only one seed to make the final four. And, you know, you got to give their credit, credit where credit is due. So I think they deserve it. Definitely. So. Yeah, I totally agree. So let's kind of talk real quick about some of this Friday, just to kind of touch them real fast. Um, obviously St. Peter's was, you know, the Cinderella of the tournament and, what they were able to do to Purdue to just kind of close the game out was so impressive. Um, obviously, you know, make Jaden Ivey make some decisions he didn't want to make. He did not have a really good game at all. 
um, and really kind of just forced the ball out of his hands down the stretch was really impressive for them. And then, um, you know, North Carolina beating UCLA, the later game that I could not make, I was so tired. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was one of those really tough games for me. So, uh, cause I'm an old man and, yeah. you know, don't even think I made the Miami Ohio state game. I did not. So yeah. I watched it the next morning. Right. I, so yeah, we'll talk St. Peter's Purdue first, right? Like Jaden Ivey is a gonna be a, a bona fide star in the NBA. He is a John Morant clone. I think he does things that are he's the way he pushes the ball, the way he can finish uh, at the rim through contact, and the way he can get you know can beat defenders off that first quick step. But that college, like his tra- him in college is such a weird, um, it's such a weird thing to watch, right? Like St. Peter's locked in defensively, right? And where like North Carolina had success against St. Peter's today is where Purdue failed. Carolina would throw it into Brady Manick or throw it into Ronda Baycock, and they would hit those quick hitters and go to the basket. Zach Eady being 7'4", he likes to take his time, right, like back down. And uh, I love to see that, Ryan. But he um, Zach Eady would catch the ball in the post and take a couple dribbles, and that's where Purdue or St. Peter's would be able to double and quick quick hitters. So Ivy had seven turnovers. Um, just really frustrating game from him. But if you're a Purdue fan, you're just absolutely devastated. The, you know, had a, a easy path to the Elite Eight. And you would play either an eight seed or a four seed. Um, but St. Peter's, man, I mean, first 15 seed to ever make it to the Elite Eight out of the MAC, or MEAC, sorry. But, um, Pretty but impressive. A phenomenal run from them. Shaheen Holloway, you know, the next head coach at Seton Hall, just that guy, the price for his contract went way up this, this run. Um, listening to him, listening to the kids in interviews, it was really fun to watch. Um, just truly, truly loved it, like, loved watching this team. It was funny, like, when they beat Purdue, it was that realization where I was like, wow, like, you know, if Carolina wins tonight against UCLA and we're going to play them, like, it's such a funny, like, wow, I hate to root against them, but at the same time, I hope we beat them by 100, right? So, right. But, um, and then. Today felt like you beat them by 100. Yeah, today was a, today was a good game for Carolina. But the UCLA-Carolina game, um, that was one of my favorite games of the tournament to watch, you know, bias aside. But what Caleb Love was able to do in the second half, he had the Space Jams on, uh, Space Jam 11s on, uh, was had three points at halftime. Eric Hoots, the player development guy for Carolina, made him change it to the Pantone 11s, and then she had 27 points in the second half. Just absolutely went bonkers, and um, you know, willed Carolina to a victory by hitting two late threes. There was a possession where the game was tied. Um, sorry, we were da- Carolina was down one. Ball was going out of bounds. Armando Baycott jump saves it. Great right Caleb Love corner pocket three. Boom, puts us up two. Get a stop and come down. Caleb Love hits another three. We're up five with a minute left, and the momentum shifted so quick. Um, I was really impressed with how Carolina was defensively, and I think that'll lead to our final four conversations. But, you know, uh, Jaime Jaquez and Johnny Juzang, they were hitting a lot of tough jumpers in the first half where I was like, this isn't sustainable, right? Like, Leaky Block is playing great defense where I'm like, okay, like, we'll live with those shots, right? Like, backing you down two seconds left on the shot clock. Like, we will live with those all day. Um, but just Carolina just didn't go away. Brady Manick was ice. RJ Davis was great. Caleb Love, you know, played amazing this um, in this postseason so far. So, Super happy with how that game worked out. And then to tonight's game, um, just kind of a what everybody thought would happen after St. Peter's beat Kentucky happened, right? Like they just ran into a team that yeah, too much size and too much athleticism and just a better team and the better team won tonight. St. Peter's struggled to score. And when the lead went from seven to 12 to 15, it, you know, just truly felt like St. Peter's didn't have enough gas to come back in. Um, Carolina was getting easy looks at the basket. So super happy, obviously, you know, it's, it, you can get, you only can control who you play. You know, a lot of people are saying the easiest route to the tournament ever, but Carolina beat a nine seed Marquette, the defending national champions, Baylor in the second round, and then beat a UCLA team who was in the final four last year in the sweet 16. 
I can't help that Purdue and Kentucky lost before the rounds. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. So Exactly. All right. So Ethan had another really good question. I want to make sure we get up here. Uh, North Carolina or Kansas, which would be your best bet? I'm sure the lines would be quite small and Nova has a chance of being favored. Thanks for answering my question. First off, Ethan, thank you for asking us two really good questions. We're definitely really, really appreciative of that. Yeah. Uh, so I got the lines pulled up right here. Um, opening line is Kansas minus four over under 132 and a half. And um, North Carolina, North Carolina Duke, Duke is favored by four points over under 150 and a half. So we'll start with the um, the Kansas Villanova game. I, I lean Kansas um, initially I do too. just because the Justin Moore injury is going to be a um, huge blow to Villanova. If you if you are the betting type, which it sounds like you are with these questions, I would lock in Kansas early. Um, you know, Justin Moore. They, I I don't think this line is going to be going down. I think the public is going to be on Kansas pretty heavy. And if that line gets to six, six and a half, seven, which I doubt it really will, but five and a half, six points, then you can convince me to talk me into Villanova. But at four right now, I think that's a two-possession game with some free throws at the end. I think I'd lean Kansas at the um, initial. I don't mind the over either. 132 is pretty low for um, – for, but I guess Villanova, the way they're going to want to drag it out. But as for the last game, Carolina-Duke, um, I mean, there's not a chance I'm ever taking Duke. But I, I don't think they're a terrible side here, um, you know, Duke beat Carolina by 21 in, in Chapel Hill in February. And obviously Carolina beat Duke by 12, 15 at, at Durham in the last game. So both teams are playing phenomenal. Um, it's really going to come down to outside shooting. Duke struggles from the outside. Carolina's in fuego from the outside. The, you know, one something has to change here. Carolina can play inside out. Um, Armando Baycott versus Mark Williams is a great matchup. You know, who guards Paolo is a big question, but Leaky Black is going to be guarding somebody. So it'd be, it'd be fun to watch him. Um, Eileen Carolina. I think a lot of pressure is on Duke here. Um, but, I mean, I, I think the general public is going to be all over Duke. I, I I don't hate the idea of maybe, you know, putting a future on, you know, once the odds come out, future on Duke to win the national title and then potentially hedging if they get there in the final game. So, Yeah. Thanks again, Ethan. Those are great questions. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Better odds because you and I are the ones that do this show. North Carolina wins the national championship or Xavier wins the NIT. What are you thinking? So say that again. What, what what do I think if that happens? What's the better chance? North Carolina wins it all, or Xavier wins the NIT? Xavier mm-hmm. wins the NIT. <laughs> <laughs> and I, even, I am I'm I love this team. It, it gives me big like 2014 Kentucky vibes as the eight seed, right? Like just like Julius Randall's team. Yeah, had the talent all year long. Frustrating losses, blown out losses, just like really frustrating. We're like these guys aren't just clicking, and then all of a sudden in March it clicks, right? Like Carolina. Albeit they beat Marquette by 30. They were up 25 on Baylor when Brady Manning gets ejected. They beat UCLA by six, and then they beat St. Peter's by 20. Like they are rolling right now. Um, they are running into their arch rival and the juggernaut right now in the tournament, but I would not be surprised if they beat Duke um, to see them, you know, cut down the nets, which would be just a crazy, crazy year with how up and down I was on this team. Um, but I mean, it. The fight to him. I ate crow with Hubert Davis. I was really frustrated with him. It's never about him as a person, right? Like that's what like I can separate. Like I love Hubert Davis, the man, but as a coach, I was really frustrated with some of his schemes and his offense identity. But I'm I'm happy to be wrong. And my team is in the Final Four after I didn't think they'd even make it out of the second weekend. So they're in a Final Four, a Final Four. Yeah, there's two Final Fours going on. Okay, correct. We're in the we're in the NCAA tournament final four in New Orleans Saturday. <laughs> You're in the final four that matters. True. <laughs> yeah. I, he's a good one. I mean, I'm not I'm not discrediting that, but yeah. 
I'm super excited. Um, just, I mean, I'm enamored. This is going to be the longest week of my life, right? Like, it's really going to – I'm really just going to, like, play video games or listen to – I mean, I'm going to listen to the podcast and stuff just to get my, my fair share. But I think there's going to come a day, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm just going to have to take a break for a couple of days and not think about it. Because when Saturday – That was that was the Super Bowl for me. I was like, I'm not listening to any podcasts. I was like, yeah. because I don't – I don't want to get like wrapped in this because I know how I feel already. Right. And that's, you know, it's our, we are from Cincinnati. Obviously most people know that listening, but um, yeah, man, the Bengals losing the Super Bowl. Carolina plays Duke in the final four. Like something's got to give here. Right. Like I got it. I'm due for one. And I think yeah. beating coach K and sending him off um, with another L would be just a phenomenal, phenomenal way to end it for him. Or, you know, like, I think it's going to end up, I do think Duke wins it all. I think the story is just writing itself. Um, they look good. They they're playing hard. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for this weekend. It's going to be a great game. I think it'll be close um, regardless, but I, um, you know, I, I, my favorite moment of the weekend was, you know, it was funny Paolo calling coach K the goat um, and he's <laughs> him to shut up and then watching Hubert Davis tonight after he won um, right when the, the seconds were clicking down, Jeff Lebo, um, you know, Brad Frederick, Sean May, Brad, uh, Brad Sullivan, they're all hugging each other. Hubert's enamored, you know, emotional. And then in the post game, he's crying, wanting to talk to the players. Doesn't want to talk about himself. So, Really a uh, contrast to good and evil here where one side's the good side, and I think you can know who the, the bad side is. But, I mean, it's – Coach K's earned all the accolades. He earns all this. But this media tour is, you know – Yeah, it's ran its course. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not ready for a national title, so. Yeah. So, you know, during the Bengals season, every Sunday, I do a bourbon for Burrow. Yeah. So tonight I'm doing a bourbon for Brady because yeah. you're in the Final Four. So, cheers. Uh-huh. Yeah, cheers to that. So I'm, yeah. I mean, like I said, I bought my final four gear tonight. I bought my um, RJ Davis old school throwback jersey. I was between RJ Davis and Armando Baycott. Um, didn't know which one to lean. I leaned RJ just because I like the guards a little bit better. Love Armando, but like UNC against Duke, you can get hot in March while being trashed the whole season and still make a deep run. Good luck with Target. See, that's that's the energy we needed tonight. Um, All time comment. I'm super excited. Um, just. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm kind of speechless about it. Just truly, truly locked in this year. Um, and this final, this tournament run's been awesome. You know, a lot of stress-free games. The Marquette game was stress-free. The Baylor game was not. <laughs> but Baylor, you know, I never thought an Elite Eight game against a 15 seed would be as easy as it was. But, man, was I, was I pretty happy today, so. Yeah, absolutely, as you should be. Yeah, man, just awesome. I'm stoked for you. I'm stoked for Ryan, obviously, who's hanging out with us today. Um, really pumped up as well. And- so this is cool, man. Last thing I want to say is like, this is just like, even I, I know this sounds like loser talk or like um, just, you know, trying to get ahead of another narrative, but like Carolina needed this final four more than I'd say any team that's in it. Right. Like it's not even the final four, but they needed a good tournament run and they got it right. Hubert Davis, first year head coach had faced a lot of animosity and a lot of adversary this year. Right. So solidifies himself as a first, the second first year coach to ever make a final four behind Bill Guthridge, who did it with North Carolina in 94. Um, just uh, like, Night six, sorry, but um, literally, like the, like this helps recruiting, this helps the transfer portal, this helps NIL, like this just makes life for Hubert Davis like ten times easier, right? Like the, the pitch of come to Carolina and win, like it's not you're not talking about the glory days, you're not talking about years past where hey we won the title in seventeen, like you're talking about like the present, like last year we were in yeah. the final four, like you come to us, we will, re- you know, redo this again, so he needed this a shot in the arm again for the program. This is our third final four in six years. Um, you know, I'm not talking about other teams, but you know, a lot of fans, UK fans, saying we dusted you guys by 33 in December, but they don't hang. That was December. 
they don't hang those things in December. You know, you win national titles in March, and um, I, my team's still playing. I'm super happy. I I mean, can't wait for Saturday already. I'm sure I'll talk myself into a hundred different scenarios, but super. Do you excited. think? I wonder. So you know, it's been pretty well reported that Terrence Shannon has entered the transfer transfer portal. Um, I wonder if UNC is going to be a name that a name that pops on his radar. Because you got to think like there's got to be some interest. Well, we recruited him in a high school, but the yeah, I mean, it all it all comes down to decision, right? Like there's going to be there's going to be people who leave. Uh, there's a couple guys that buried on the bench who played last year. Kerwin Walton's a perfect example. I could see him probably transferring somewhere. Armando, like that's the thing is like Caleb Love, Armando Baycott. If you would have asked him before the tournament, I thought they probably both would come back. But the the tournament run, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, but the before the tournament, I would have told Armando Baycott and Caleb Love would have came back, right? Mm-hmm. The, but a Final Four run, I mean, look at Dante DiVincenzo. Look, I mean, sometimes, like, you play yourself into these positions. Like, if Caleb Love goes out there and has a great night against Duke and then has a good night in the National Championship game, like, he's gone, like, right? But yeah, the transfer portal, um, you have to see, right when the season ends, we'll have to see who enters and who doesn't. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, Shannon fits an ideal mold for what Carolina needs, um, but – I, I'm not really worried about who's going to be on the team next year until the season's really over. So, yeah, I totally get that. So, all right, Ken Palm has already released their predictions. They say the Duke wins 79-75, and in the Kansas Villanova game, they have Kansas winning 70 to 69. So, over under 150 for the Carolina Duke game, and they have the spread minus four. Like, usually got on the money, um, but yeah, I. I God, that I, that Ken, Ken Baum has a lot of faith in Villanova without Justin Moore. I don't know where they get that outside shooting from, but I think we get my. So we'll we'll, we'll close on this, or we'll you know we'll touch on this for the final four. Give me your prediction for the national championship game and your national champion. Go ahead. I'm so hoping I'm wrong because I've absolutely loved Villanova in Carolina for the last month and a half. I've just loved how they both have played, um, and I know Xavier fans get annoyed with me that I love Villanova. Um, it's not like I'm a fan of them. It's just their their product is fantastic. It is incredible. Um, so I really feel, but, you know, without Justin Moore, just not really having someone who can stretch the floor for them. Like, I love Jermaine Samuels. He's an awesome player. I love Eric Dixon. I love Sean Gillespie. Um, but Justin Moore is kind of the guy to put that all together. You know, Caleb Daniels, Brandon Slater, those guys, uh, they can lean on quite a bit. They have to lean on Brandon uh, Sam, uh, Slater a lot more now. And that's going to be something that really scares me. Where on the other end, like, look, Dave McCormick, Christian Braun, Oche Obaji, Jalen Wilson, you know what you're getting from those guys. And you know, like, they're going to be able to put stuff together. I just don't see a situation where it's like, Kansas has things that they can throw at Villanova that Villanova can't match. I don't think Villanova has anything they can throw at Kansas that Kansas can't match. So I'm going with Kansas, but I do think it's going to be a little closer than how you feel. I think this is like a 64-60 game with, like, Coming down to the wire, Villanova might be up three at halftime, and Kansas just takes over in the second half. Um, Ethan, if you're still here, I want to ask real quick: What was it like today to beat up on Charlie Moore, knowing that he that was four schools ago that he played at Kansas? Yeah. So if you're still in the comments, I'll happily display what you have to say there. Um, but on the other side, Duke Carolina, I've loved Carolina not just because you're my friend, um, just I've really enjoyed watching them play. I think what they've been able to do this past few months has been incredible. Uh, not just the Duke win, 
but you know, not just the Baylor win, not just the UCLA win. They've just really been able to put a run together and be confident and competitive. And you're seeing everything click for them. Like you said, Caleb Love, RJ Davis, Brady Manick, Armando Bacot's been awesome. He's been so good. Um, you know, probably put himself in the mid in the mid to late first round. You know, from you know, probably being a mid second rounder at, at early points in the draft. Um, and I've I've loved what they've been able to do, and I love the swagger they have. I know that they believe they're going to beat Duke. And I love that about them. But Paolo, AJ Griffin, you know, Trevor Keel. Is Trevor Keel's out still? Mm, Am I missing something here? Okay. Um, Okay. So, yeah, this Duke thing is just, I hate it. I don't want to see them win. I know the NCAA wants to see them win because it's great money. Um, But I think Duke beats them. And the championship, I think Duke beats Kansas. I just think Paolo and AJ Griffin. Is it just going to be a little too much? Yeah, I'm, I'm going Kansas over Duke in the finals. Um, I think the winner of Carolina Duke is going to have an emotional hangover for a day, and that is really tough to to um, really tough to beat your arch rival and then have a day off and then play in the national title game. But, um, yeah, I think you can hit it right on the head. I think Miami celebrated that game at halftime like they won the game and Kansas came out in the second half and like what on them. So, yeah, I agree. So Ethan said it was bittersweet, but nice to beat up on his team, especially seeing how hyped he was at halftime. They had quite a bit of insight, and it savored every moment of the second half. So I like that. Um, let's give some props to Jim Laranega. Um, yeah. What a run he had at Miami. I mean, I saw Miami play a couple years ago in Charleston, and it was like when they were kind of like putting this process together, and I went, oh, yeah, Jim Laranega is the head coach at Miami now. Mm-hmm. And now they're, and, you know, now they were a half away from being in the Final Four. Um, yep. So that's pretty cool. Um, I really yep. like that a lot. Um, yeah, they were they were a team that was hit by that NCA violation, the Adidas scandal, right? And they've kind of bounced yeah. back slowly but surely. They got they had a couple rough years, but yeah, Laranega's a great coach. Always beats up on Carolina and Duke. Um, just really tough team with good guards and more McGusty and Wong are really good players that had a good run and made it to their first ever Elite Eight. So props to Miami. Um, just ran into a better team today. So should it since you know obviously the Final Four, I should count on seeing you Sunday instead of Saturday next weekend. Yeah, I, there no no chance I'm previewing the national title game, win, lose, or draw after that game. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I figured as much. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, yeah, just wanted to kind of hop on real quick and talk about this. Um, not a whole lot of news elsewhere. You know, Archie Miller got the job at Rhode Island. Um, Miami, Ohio, still looking for a coach, from what I understand. They're still kind of trying to figure stuff out. Um, but you know, not anything groundbreaking by any means uh, that we had last week, except for Frank Martin's going to UMass. Did you see that? great hire his wife from his wife's an alum at umass um yeah good for him right yeah excited for him a10 getting some good coaches you love right. to see it yeah we need, we need some other good mid-major leagues right with the ovc kind of crumbling we need the Missouri valley and the a10 to be good loyola's going to the a10 it'd be nice to have some good programs there yeah they're getting gutted <laughs> like going to the a10 he's dead so yeah exactly cool. Well, awesome. Well, man, again, I'm really happy for you. This is awesome to see your team playing for this. Um, oh, yeah. Ethan, thanks for hanging out with us and giving us some really good questions and comments tonight. So we appreciate you hanging out. Hopefully you come back in the future. Uh, but we're going to wrap this up. Thank you all for tuning in. Enjoy the Final Four. Have a good night, and we will see you soon. Peace.